Amen. So, um, this teaching today um, is kind of, um, uh, I would say, an introduction uh, or a prelude to really where I believe we're going as a church in the next month. So, um, what I'm going to talk about today is kind of what I would call a theology of time. Um, which is really being a people who sees and understands the value of time and the importance of that. And the reason I wanted to share this is because um, next month in November, um, we're going to roll out as a church two different things. And I want to share this vision with you guys. The first one is what's called discipleship, um, which is what we believe is the heartbeat of the New Testament. Uh, the purpose of the church is to go and make disciples of all nations. And so this month, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to share our, our full vision and heart behind discipleship and the importance of that. And um, really what it is, is it's people investing in other people. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus 12, chose 12 disciples. He invested his life in those 12 people. When Jesus died, those disciples made other disciples. And like we're here today and we're followers of Jesus because Jesus invested in people. So we're going to be a church um, who has a heart for discipleship. We want to invest in you guys. Um, for those of you who have been walking with the Lord for a long time, we want you to be willing to invest in the next generation. And so to do that, like it requires a sacrifice of time. And that's why I feel this teaching today is important. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about discipleship. I wanted to lay the foundation, though, of the importance of our time and using it for kingdom purposes. Secondly, where we're going as a church next month, uh, we're also going to roll out something that we call chapters. And chapters are going to be small groups that meet throughout the week in different people's houses, in different areas of Ashland, in different areas of the Rogue Valley. Um, it's what Amelie was talking about. It's building community outside of Sunday mornings. And the reason we're calling it chapters is because we want each and every one of those small chapters, those small groups, to be telling a different part of the story that God is doing in the city. And so we're going to have people leading chapters. Basically, it's opening your house house up to have other people over, sharing a meal together, being in community together, praying together, and then being strategically on mission together, saying, how can we reach people in our context of life? So what are the skills and talents and passions that God's given us as a group, and how can we use those to, to reach out to other people and bring them into God's story? And again, to do this, to be a part of a chapter or to start a chapter is going to be a time commitment. It, it's going to take time to open up your house or to go to someone's house and to be in community. And so that's where we're going as a church over this next month. Those are the core things we're going to be focusing on. I'm going to do a teaching on discipleship and community and the importance of that. But before we got into that, I felt like it was important to lay down a foundation of really understanding uh, the importance and the value of time and, and realizing and recognizing how are we using our time? Are we just spending it? Are we investing it? And so this teaching today is kind of an introduction to lay the foundation for where we're going as a church over the next month. And again, both of these things, discipleship and chapters, which we're going to roll out next month, both of these flow from our vision for the church. And the vision of the church is we want to see the story of Jesus transform the story of Ashland and people's lives in Ashland. And we believe that that will take place. We believe we're going to see people come and have be a part of the kingdom movement, people's life change through us discipling them, through investing in people, and through building community, a safe place where people in the community can come over and, and really just be a part of what God's doing. 
So uh, again, all of this is flowing from our core vision. Something else we say around here is we want to see God's kingdom come, God's will be done in Ashland as it is in heaven. And so that's what we're that's what we're going for. That's our vision. That's where we're going. That's what we want to see Jesus do. But the difficult thing is, like that that is that is not easy. Like that vision of seeing people's lives transformed, seeing a city transformed, seeing God's kingdom come in Ashland and will be done as it is in heaven, that is not naturally what happens because the reality is we're living in a culture that tells us every single day, that tells you, that tells me that uh, I'm the king and that you're the king. And that your life is about you, and it's about your kingdom, and it's about what you want, and my life's about me and what I want. Like, that's what culture promotes. And so thinking outside of that, of being a part of something bigger, and, and really giving up our time, or, or giving up our lives to be a part of furthering God's kingdom, not ours, that is not a natural thing. Because again, we naturally take control of our own lives. We, we really think it's about us. And a huge factor in that is we today are living in the most entertainment-driven culture in the history of the world. Like, over the last 30 years, it has been the biggest change um, in entertainment and technology, literally, in the history of the world. And primarily, like, the main piece in that, which you guys know, uh, is the rise of what we now call the smartphone. If you have one, pull it out of your pocket. I want to see like, it, literally, most people say, put your phones away, church. I want to see it. Like, if you have a smartphone, pull that baby out. Okay, this baby that you are holding right now in your hand, um, this is literally a mobile entertainment device. And at any moment of any time, you're bored out of your mind, guess what you can do? Boredom's gone. You get on your phone and you check your Snapchat, you check your Instagram, you check your Twitter, you check your Facebook, whatever. Like the average American right now, check this out. The average American has five social media accounts. So maybe you're a Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, Tumblr. I don't know where you're at, like YouTuber, I don't know. But like the average American on their iPhone has five different social media apps. Now check this out. The average American checks their social media accounts 17 times per day. So this is how we use our time. So you're like, I'm bored. What's happening on Instagram? I already saw that picture five minutes ago, but why am I looking at it again? Like 17 times a day we're going on social media. Also, in the last two years, two years ago, the average American spent one hour, 42 minutes on social media a day. In 2017, it just surpassed two hours. So the average American is now spending two hours to two hours and 15 minutes per day just on social media. To get even crazier, the average American is spending 4.7 hours on their smartphone. So two hours on social media, another two and a half hours doing who knows what, browsing the internet, um, texting, looking at videos, whatever. Now, here's the crazy thing about this. Most of you, myself included, are probably thinking, like, those are crazy statistics, but that's not me. But I actually want you to do this, okay? If you have an iPhone, I don't know if this works on Android, get your iPhone out, please. Check this out. We're, we're going on a journey together here, folks, okay? <laughs> iPhone out. I want you to click on the settings icon. So go ahead and click on your settings. It's okay. You can use your phone in church. And after you've clicked in the settings, I need you to scroll down a little bit to the thing that says battery. It's a little green icon. And go ahead and click on that battery. So you're in settings, you're in battery, 
And now you're going to see it. It's already highlighted. It says last 24 hours. And you can click on the little clock to the right of that. And it's going to tell you in the last 24 hours how much time you've spent on every single app. I'm going to be honest with y'all. My Instagram is saying 44 minutes. Um, my Facebook is saying 28 minutes. My like, Just look through that for a second. Like in the last 24 hours, if you really want to scare yourself, you can click on last seven days and it'll be like, yo, you've been on Snapchat for 30 hours in the last seven days. You've been on Instagram 36 hours. Okay, now check this out. Check this out, please. Scroll to the very bottom of that and it's going to show you since you last charged your iPhone, how many minutes today you have been on your phone. I've already been on my phone 53 minutes. The morning has just started, and I've already been on my phone for 53 minutes. Has any, like be honest, has anyone been on their phone for more than an hour? Two hours. Has anyone been on their phone more than two hours since the battery last charged? Seven hours. Seven, wow, wow. Okay, so listen, here's what I want you to do, because it, it sucks when you realize like how much you're doing that. At the end of today, go into your battery and look. It'll be like, dude, you've been on your phone five hours or six hours. And you're like thinking, you're like, no, I wasn't. But yes, you were. Like, you are the statistic. It's going to be like, dude, you've been on Instagram for three hours today. And you're like, how? You were at work, bro. And you were bored and you just like did it, okay? So, dude. This is what happens. Now listen, I am not against social media. In fact, I think that it's a platform that we can use to share our stories to advance the gospel. I'm not against that at all. But the reason I share those things is I want you guys to see, I want us to be able to see like how we actually do spend our time. I'm not even going to get into TV statistics like y'all who Netflix and whatnot, like I'm not going to lie, last week I did binge watch the entire Stranger Things season one because I knew season two was coming out. So like I am the statistic as well. I'm not like above y'all like, what can be? I'm, no, like I'm, I'm there with you guys. Like Stranger Things 2, let's go. You know what I'm saying? So check this out. Like I'm not even going to get into the TV. We're just talking phone and we're just talking social media. Okay, like multiple hours a day and on your phone, like four or five hours a day, I want us to just realize like, how much time we are spending on these things. And really, if we want to see like a kingdom movement and be a part of like a gospel movement and seeing people's lives transformed and like God using us as a part of that, the reality is we are going to have to be willing to sacrifice and invest time into those things. And, and time is something that, again, we naturally don't think about. Like, we don't really understand the value of it too often. It just kind of slips from us, and usually, like, if we're not being intentional about how we're using our time, it just kind of passes, and the day goes by, and you're like, what happened? And you're like, oh my gosh, I was on my phone five hours, and I watched Netflix for four hours, and it's like, wow, where did all that time go? And so today, my goal and my hope is I want us to leave here with a greater understanding of the value of our time. And the reason I want this is because, again, this month, 
I'm going to challenge us as a church to be a part of something bigger. I'm going to challenge us to get involved in discipleship, to be in community, to start a chapter in your house, or to be a part of a chapter. But to do that, it's going to require an investment of time. And so this is why I want today to share with us really just like the heart of time and what it's about and see how we're using it. So for starters, in the large picture of things, like if you just take like a, a telescope view of life, in the large scope of things, we do not have that much time. Our life on this earth is so short in the big picture, like it's going to be here and it's going to be gone just like that. Look what it says in Psalm 39, verse 4 and 5. The psalmist writes, Oh Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. And then it says Selah, which means stop and think about that. Like your life is like a breath. It's just whoosh, here and then it's gone. Like just like that. I want you to flip over real quick to Isaiah chapter 40. Look what Isaiah says. That's probably a, a few pages over. If you're not familiar with the Bible, flip on over maybe a few pages. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and you get the prophets, Isaiah. Chapter 40, if you want to just write it down, that's fine too. And look at verses six through eight. It says this, a voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is as grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass, the grass withers, the flower fades, with the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are as grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. He's like, man, you want to know what your life is like? It's like a flower or a piece of grass. It, it sprouts up, it grows, and then it fades away. That's it. One more, James chapter 4. If you want to flip there, go ahead and do that. James chapter 4. If you want to write it down, that's completely cool too. And it says this in verse 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. He's like, man, you're making plans for where you're going to be at in a year, yet you don't even know if you're going to be here in a year. He says, what's your life? It's like a mist. It's like a vapor. It's like the morning fog. It comes, and then it's gone just like that. That is the reality of, of what life is. Like a lot of times we lose sight of how quick it really does go by. And in reality, if you were to just track it down into like one sentence of, of human life, what does that look like? Here's your life beginning to end. You're born, you start school, you finish school, you get a job, you get married, you have some kids, you watch your kids have kids, you retire, and then you die. Like, that's it. That's human life. And some people don't even get to step two or step three or step four. Like, life is a vapor. It's here and then it's gone. Some of you guys, you're like on step four or step five. You're like, oh, shoot. Like, there's not much left. That's like, and that's awesome. I'm glad you guys are here. It's so rad. But, like, this is it. Like, in the big picture, when we think about our life, a lot of us don't do this. In the big picture, when we look at life, we need to understand, like, how quick it goes by. 
We need to understand that it's like a vapor. We're like a flower of the field. Man, it's going to be here and it's going to be gone. It comes and goes so quick. And I don't know who originally said it, but I guess I'll just say it. But they said, life's like a toilet paper roll. The closer you go to the end, the faster it goes. Amen? You're like, yo, I'm 80 and now like it's gone. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're like 10 and you're like, dude, it's going by pretty chill. But like, no, it's going to be gone, bro. It's straight up. So big picture. Life is short. It's here and then it's gone. But check this out. In the small picture, if we zoom in microscopic on a day-to-day level, in the big picture, although it's here and then it's gone, we're like a vapor. When we zoom in on the day-to-day and look at it, we have a lot more time than we realize. Like if you look at your day, a lot of people say, oh man, I just don't have time for that or I'm running out of time. Like we say things like that all the time. But the reality is when we look at a full day that we have, we have so much more time than we realize. The problem is we're not good at using our time. We're not good at investing our time. We're not good at really looking at what's most important and how should I be using my time today and that passive mindset of it's just another day when we're not really being intentional with how we're using our time. Like I said, it just comes and goes. You just end up on your phone. You just end up on TV and then the day is gone and you're like, man, like where did that go? But time is a resource and it's very similar to money. There's two things you can do with time. Time can be spent, but it also can be invested. And the principle is the same with money. When you spend money, you don't have any more. When you spend time, you don't have any more. You lose it. But time, like money, can be invested and actually bring about a profit and actually make us feel like we have more time when we're investing it, when we're using it wisely. It says in Proverbs 13, 19, the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. Meaning when you invest your time and and you set goals and you work towards those on things that matter, man, it's a sweet accomplishment. It's sweet to the soul. But here's the question, like why is it that... At the end of a day, if you did nothing productive, like if your whole day, you just kind of chilled, um, you, you know, you were on your phone, you watched Netflix all day, why is it at the end of that day that you feel like crap? Like why do you feel so bad? If your life is just about you, like if, if you're the king of your own life, if it's all about you, then you can spend time however you want. I'm just going to watch TV all day. I'm just going to be on social media all day. I'm just going to have fun. Like if that really is what life's all about, then why at the end of those days where you didn't do anything productive or do anything that benefited the kingdom, like why is it at the end of those days you feel empty? Because if my life's about me, then I should just be able to do whatever I want and feel great at the end of the day. I should be able to go to bed and go, man, I feel so great that I watched TV for six hours because that's what I wanted to do. But that's not the reality. Nobody feels like that. Nobody goes to bed and goes, what a great day on social media, on the internet, watching TV. No one feels that. Why is that though, right? Like why is that? If your life's about you, why do you feel that way at the end of the day? Here's why. Because it tells us in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, it says that God has placed eternity in man's hearts, which means this, the way that God created us was in such a way that we know in our hearts there's something bigger than this life. Like this vapor that's going to be here and gone, what we call life on the earth, there's something beyond that. 
There's something that we know because God has created us, placing eternity in our hearts. We know there's something worth living for beyond just this. Like there's something in my day that, that I can do that's, that's better than Netflix or that's better than social media. And that's why when that's all we do in a day, we feel so empty because God created us as eternal creatures. He created us with eternity in our hearts. And the way we spend our time and spend our lives on this earth actually has eternal ramifications. Like what you do today and how you spend your time today actually has eternal ramifications. And we all intrinsically know this. This is the way that God made us. He, he made us in such a way that we know, man, there's something bigger than, than just me. My, my life's not about just me. I love how A.W. Tozer said it. Listen to this. He said, the twinge of longing we feel when we don't want a particular moment to end is actually our hearts yearning for eternity, longing for that which God has prepared for us in the world to come. It is a longing to be in the very presence of God himself. Like we've all had those moments, right? What is that? Like when, when you're just out in creation, like at that beautiful waterfall or whatever, that moment like with your wife and with your kids and you're just like, you sit back and you go, man, like, I don't want this moment to end. Like, this is amazing. What is that? Where does that come from? Why, why do we experience moments where we're like, man, we catch a glimpse of eternity? That's because that's how God made us. God made us with eternity in our hearts. And there's moments and glimpses in this short life that we catch a glimpse of that and go, oh, this is what it's about. That there's something bigger happening here. And it's because God made us in his own image. In Genesis 1, when God created man, it says he made them in the image of God. And God, being an eternal being, making us in his image, means we are eternal creatures. Like, check this out. At the end of the day, my cat, Asher Big Boy, he just had tooth surgery like four days ago. He had to have some teeth pulled out. It was really sad. He came home and he was like super stoned. He tried to jump up on the fridge and like couldn't get up. So we had to put his food down on the ground. But like now he's not allowed to go outside for 10 days because he might go eat hard cat food. And we're having to feed him just soft cat food. So every day he's like chilling in the house, so bored out of his mind. He wants to go out so bad. But you know what he's not thinking? He's not thinking like, man, I'm really wasting time. Like, cats were not made in the image of God, and they don't think about eternity. They're not like, man, I should do something more productive. Like, he sits there on the couch and does nothing. He might watch Netflix with me a little bit, and, like, he feels good at the end of the day. But he's not thinking about, like, only humans were made in the image of God. Only humans are eternal. And therefore, at the end of the day, there's times where we're like, man, what am I doing? Where did where my time go? Where's my life going? What am I doing? And so I want to just help us understand that being made in the image of God means we were made eternal. And that's why there's moments where you're like, man, I don't want that to end. Animals don't feel that. That's why there's moments where you're like, man, like what's really going on in my life? What am I really living for? We wrestle with those things, which is good to do because that's a reflection of the image of God. And so I want us to just be challenged and know and understand that, man, seeing the kingdom of God come in advance and being a part of that, it starts with how we use our time today. It's, it's understanding that being a part of a story bigger than my own starts with today. 
Like I've been given today, I have time today, it's, it's a resource, it's a thing that God's given me, and if I'm not intentional with how I'm using my time, then it's just going to slip away. It's just going to be here, and then it's going to be gone. I love what Francois Fellin said. Listen to this quote, it's amazing. He says, God in the wise economy of his providence teaches us how we should be prudent about the proper use of time. Listen, he never gives us two moments at the same time. He never gives us a second moment without taking away the first. And he never grants us that second moment without holding the third one in his hand, leaving us completely uncertain as to whether we will have it. Isn't that amazing? Like when you think about it, every moment we have, like that's all we have. There's nothing else. All God has given us, all God entrusts us with is today, is this very moment. You don't know if you're going to have the next day. You don't know if you're going to have another moment. And, and the past, man, it's gone. I love what our homeboy Master Ugwe said from Kung Fu Panda. Y'all might know it. He said, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Master Ugwe. That's my word. So, like, I like that. He's on point with that. Yesterday, can't change it. It's history. Tomorrow, don't know what's going on. It's a mystery. But I got the present right now, and it's a gift. And it is. It's a gift from God, which is amazing. So the secret, really, like we're talking about time here and being good stewards of it and asking ourselves, man, how are we using our time? The secret of learning to use your time in a wise way, to invest your time rather than just spending it, the way that we do that, the only way you're ever going to do that, the only way I'm ever going to do that, the only way we can steward our time and use it in the way that God created it to is if we have an eternal mindset. Again, God created us as eternal beings, and it's actually when we're placing our mind on eternity, not just what's happening here and now, it's when we're looking at the big picture, when we're eternally minded, that we begin to see the true value of our time and use it in such a way that benefits eternity, not just like my temporary satisfaction and temporary pleasures here and now. It says in Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. It says in Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The way that we get out of this rut of just spending time and going to bed every day feeling like, what did I actually do today that's going to matter in eternity? But like, where is my life going? The only way we get out of that rut that we all are in and that we all fall into so easily is you have to have an eternal perspective. We have to understand that we're living for a kingdom greater than our own. We're living as characters in a story greater than our own. It's what God is doing. And I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said this, Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the world to come that they have become so ineffective in this world. Isn't that good? Like the people who are the most effective, whose lives matter, the, the, the people that we look up to, characters in history, theologians, man, they were eternally minded. They were thinking about the future kingdom. They were thinking about eternity, not just today and what's happening today. And so again, it's having an eternal mindset. It's understanding that there's so much more to your life than just this life, the vapor that's going to be here and gone. That God has actually made us as eternal beings in his image, and that's what we're longing for. That's what we're searching for. That's what everybody's wrestling with. It's the big questions. Why am I here? Like, what's our purpose? What's our existence? Man, 
That is what we're talking about here. And so I want you to reflect on this. This is something that even, even tonight, at the end of your day, this is something that's good to begin to build as a regular daily reflection at the end of your day. At the end of your day, I want you to ask yourself this question. And if you're not intentional about this, it's just going to slip away. This takes real proactive intentionality. At the end of your day, asking yourself the question, did I just spend all my time did I just waste that entire day or have I made a productive investment of time that will actually carry over and echo into eternity? Or a more simple way to put it is I want you to just ask yourself the question, am I just spending all my time and it's all about me or am I investing time? Is there things that I'm doing in my day-to-day life with the time that God's given me that is an investment that's not just about me, that's investing in the kingdom. It's investing in people. It's investing in your relationship with Jesus. That's what it's about. And when we do that, when we think about at the end of the day, what did I do? When you realize, like me so often, dang, like I, I didn't really do that much, it's challenging and it's humbling and it makes us realize, man, again, there's something so much bigger. There's something so much better worth living for rather than my own life, but it takes time to, to realize, man, Like, where is my time going? If if you don't think about it, if you don't think about and reflect on your day at the end of the day, then then you'll never have any idea. But at the end of the day, if you say, did I invest any time? Did I do anything today that was was about anything other than myself? When you do that, you're going to challenge yourself and you're going to grow. And here's the reality. If you have, and if I have, 4.7 hours a day to be on our phones and two hours a day to be on social media, you have 20 or 30 minutes a day to make an investment, to do something in your day that's going to have eternal ramifications. A lot of people say, man, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read my Bible. And the reality is you don't have time to do that because you're just spending it all. You're wasting it, but you have to see that that's an investment. You have to be proactive and realize, man, I'm going to make an investment here. I want to invest in my relationship with Jesus. I want to invest in my spiritual and and personal cultivation and growth. I want to grow. I want to grow as a human being. I don't want to stay who I am. I want to be changed. And so I want to just challenge you guys as a church body, set a goal for yourself. Even if it's starting at 10 minutes, if it's 20 minutes, if it's 30 minutes, if it's an hour, that's great. But we have so much time every single day that just slips away. And I want to challenge us to make an investment with your time every single day. So for starters, let's just go with 10 minutes. 10 minutes of your day, whether it's in the morning or the night, spend five minutes in prayer. Prayer, what is that? It's talking to God. It's a relationship. It's the person of Jesus. In the same way that if I want to build a relationship with any one of you, I talk to you, we get to know each other. That's what prayer is. It's talking to Jesus. You can do that for five minutes a day. Reading the Bible, man, it's so essential. This is the inspired word of God. When we take the word of God in, it changes and transforms our lives. It changes the way we think. It challenges us. Last week, I was talking about the gospel, how it's not always comfortable. Sometimes it gets us outside of our comfort zone, but that's good. It's good to wrestle with those things. I want to challenge you. 10 minutes a day, read your Bible. Spend time in it. Think about it. There might be things you disagree with. There might be things you don't understand. That's okay, though. You can start there. So if we have four hours a day to to spend on social media and four hours a day on the internet and our phones, man, take 10 minutes a day and make an investment in your spiritual growth. 
maybe you're like, man, I, I, don't, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. That's fine. That, that, that's amazing. And, and you're welcome here right where you're at, but I want to challenge you too. Man, pursue that. Like, seek that out. Like, it's okay to ask those questions. It's okay to come before him and say, I don't even know if you're out there. I don't even know if you're real, but I want to invest some time today in, in trying to figure that out. And that's okay to do. So I want to just challenge us in that. Investing time every single day, whether it's prayer, whether it's meditation, whether it's taking in the word, like do something in your day that at the end of the day, you're going to be like, man, I'm being changed. Like I made an investment of my time. And also, like if you add up the numbers, 4.7 hours a day on our phone we're spending, that's 32 hours a week we're spending on our phone. An entire day plus some we're spending on our phone. If you have 32 hours a week to be on your phone, which we all do, which we all are, we're all the statistic, you have one hour per week to, to, to invest in people's lives and to be in community. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to roll this out. We're going to roll out chapters. We're going to roll out small groups where people are meeting, facilitating community, building genuine relationships. And I want to challenge you guys. That's going to be an investment of time. To commit an hour a week to go to someone's house to build genuine relationships, to be in community, that's an investment. And I want to challenge you guys in that. When we roll these out, right now maybe, be prayerful about it. We're going to need people to start them. I'm going to ask people to open up their houses so that we can have a place for people to come and to be able to build relationships. That's going to require an investment of time. That's not natural. Naturally, we want to spend all of our time on ourselves, but I want to challenge you guys, man, you can invest one hour a week in opening up your house to have people over or an hour a week in going over to someone's house and building relationships and being missional and, and really being used to further the kingdom of God. Discipleship as well. We're going to roll that out. We're going to have mentors, one-on-one -on -one mentoring people, discipling people, coaching them, facilitating an environment of spiritual growth. I want to challenge you. If you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, I want you to be a discipleship mentor. I want you to mentor this next generation. If you're new in the faith or wrestling with the faith and you're like, man, I would like to know more about how I can grow in my walk with Jesus. I'd like to know more about the Bible. I'm going to challenge you guys in a few weeks. Sign up for discipleship. It's going to be a commitment of time. It's going to be an investment, but it's going to be so worth it. Once a week to get to get together with someone and just get in the word together and just do life together. It's so amazing. But again, naturally, we don't do this. Naturally, our life's all about us. Our time's all about us. We spend it. At the end of the day, we feel like, where did it go? I didn't do anything. But man, I want to challenge us to start understanding the value of time and how important it is that God's given us this opportunity to get to invest, investing in the kingdom, investing in people's lives. Like that's what Jesus did. He spent his time investing in people. We want to be a church that does that. We want to be a people who invests in people and sees people grow. Like my life, the reason I'm here is because in Bible college, one guy, Wesley Town, began to invest in me. He began to, to take me under his wing and just coach me. And I was a messed up dude when I went to Bible college. Like I had some serious problems. And he began just to meet me where I was at. And he began to disciple me and pour into me. And he, he today is like my, my greatest mentor and my coach, one of my best friends. And it's because he saw me and he invested in me. And we can all do that. I love this quote. I don't know who said it, but they said, to the world, you may just be one person, but to one person, you may just be the world. You can do that. You can find one person to invest in their life, to, to do life together, to coach them, to help disciple them, to help them grow in the relationship with Jesus. But again, that takes intentionality. It's not something that we naturally gravitate towards. And so this is something I want to just challenge us in. 
to begin to be a people, to begin to be a church who really thinks about the importance and the value of our time, and every day reflecting on, did I just spend time all day and waste it on just me, or did I make an investment? Did, did I invest in my relationship with Jesus? Did I invest in another person? Am I investing in my family? Am I investing in my friends? Am I doing something that really matters that's not just about me? And again, that, that takes intentionality. It takes sacrifice. And the reality is the value uh, of something, the value of something is determined by the amount we're willing to sacrifice to have it. So like if I value my relationship with Jesus, if I value my relationship with another person, whatever we value is determined again by our sacrifices. If you're not willing to sacrifice and give up and die to yourself, then that shows you don't value something. Like my boy Dylan over here. Dylan just got engaged this week. Dylan and Tay, shout out. Like, yo, he got his girl stoned in a righteous way, right across the park, through a giant stone upon her finger. Now check that out. I, I seen that stone on her finger. That thing ain't cheap. That's a nice little stone right there, you know what I'm saying? But Dylan made an investment. Like, he values Taylor. He loves Taylor. So he's willing to spend some money to get a nice stone to get her stoned up in a righteous way. You know what I'm saying? So, like, sacrifices, again, determine our values. Like, I, I personally, one of my favorite things in the world, I do love surfing. This week, me and my boy Tim, we got up at 5 a.m., we drove over to Crescent City, we had an epic session. Most people would go, dude, why would you get up at 5 in the morning and go out in 50 degree weather and like it's freezing? Because I value surfing. I love surfing, so I'm willing to make a sacrifice of time and wake up early and be in freezing water, like all of that. Check it out. Our, we know this. Our, our, our values are determined by like our, what we're willing to sacrifice to have it. Sacrifices determine our values. And so as we're thinking about these things, as we're thinking about time and investing time, it really comes down to the question of what you value, you are going to be willing to sacrifice time, energy, and your life to have those things. And so if we value being a part of, of a movement and of what God's doing, furthering his kingdom, investing in people, if we value that, we're going to be willing to sacrifice time. Right now, you guys, you, you guys all have made a sacrifice this morning. You've given up time to come together, to gather together as the body of Christ. The sacrifice you made this morning to come here shows me that, that you're on the right track, that, that you're, you're growing and you value at least growing in your relationship with Jesus and your knowledge of the word. This is a sacrifice. Like a lot of people just sleeping on Sundays, but this shows and reveals that, that you value this. And this is an investment of your time, which is amazing and which is hugely important. But this is, again, something throughout the weeks uh, as, as, I, as I challenge us to get involved in what God's doing, as I challenge us to disciple people and be discipled and be in community. It's going to be a sacrifice of time. But if you value what God is doing in this city, if you value the people whose lives are being changed, we're going to be willing to make those sacrifices. And Jesus himself said in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The life of following Jesus is a life of, of self-denial. It's not easy. It, it requires being intentional with our time. But Jesus himself led the way. That's why he said, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. Jesus himself modeled this for us, which is amazing. He denied himself. He took up his cross. He valued you 
and valued me. He valued our relationship with us so much that he gave his time, that he gave his life for us. Like that's the gospel. That's the beauty of this. It's, it's not just we're going to give up our time and we're going to serve people. It's man, Jesus did this for you. Like this, this is the beauty of it. Jesus gave up his time. He invested in people. Jesus gave up his own life because his greatest value was you. His greatest value was me. The thing he wanted most was a personal relationship with us. And so he was willing to sacrifice and give up everything to have that, which is amazing. If Jesus himself, the God of this universe, came to this earth and was willing to sacrifice and give his only life to have a relationship with us, that is the most beautiful thing that we can have. And once you understand that, once you understand the sacrifice he made, the small sacrifices that he may call us to make, the small things in the day-to-day life where we deny ourselves and, and, and say, man, I want to follow your example, Jesus, it becomes so much easier when we understand he's the one who's already done it. When we understand he's already given his life, he gave up all this time for us, and now we get to be a part of that. We're a part of what he's continuing to do. Jesus said in John 17, 4, at the end of his life, I love this. He said, I've glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you've given me to do. And that's something that I want to say at the end of my life. That's something I want to say at the end of my day. I want to say, man, I've accomplished the work that you've given me to do. Like today I've accomplished, God, what you were wanting to do in me. Well, where you were wanting me to invest my time, I've accomplished that. And we can do that because Jesus already has accomplished it. Jesus has already given his life. Jesus has already done it. The work is finished. And now, walking in a personal relationship with Jesus, who gave everything for us, we're a part of that. We're a part of his kingdom expanding. And we can sacrifice and deny ourselves and give up and invest our time into other people, into being a part of what God's doing in this community. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you.